Welcome to Public Domain Video Theater presented by the great detectives of old-time radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Well, today we have another episode of U.S. Marshal for you. This one is Season 1, Episode 25. The original air date is January 15th, 1959. And the title is Fence. to Tucson Amara bugs me. It'd be a lot easier if he met us. Hey, wait a minute. Why don't you tell him to do that? You don't tell Newton North anything. We do all the work and he just sits back and collects. Yeah? Ready on your call to Tucson. Go ahead, please. Hello, Mr. North. I thought you ought to know we're winding up our deal here tomorrow. The entire collection? All $140,000 worth. And barring accidents, you should be in Tucson late tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll wait for you here at my office. With money. And be sure we've got reservations on that midnight plane to Mexico City. Right. Hey, Joe. Huh? I still think he ought to meet us. Oh, shut up. What are we going to use tomorrow? The gas pan. Here, check it. in setting up roadblocks. That's the third out-of-state diamond heist this year, Frank. Yeah, and every one of them led right back here to Arizona. Diamond salesman, victim, gas pen. Same method of operation. Well, at least that jeweler they shot got the last three numbers on the license plate. Marshal's office. One moment. Frank, Bailey, police headquarters. Yes, Lieutenant. I have to disagree with you. Three robberies in a row makes it more than a coincidence. Marshal's office. No, I still think the brains behind these diamond robberies is operating right here in Arizona. How long ago? 
Give me the location. Right. Well, we'll have to take him alive and make him talk. Otherwise, we'll never find out. Frank? Hold it, Lieutenant. Sheriff's car is chasing a black sedan on Route 11. What about the license? It fits. Did you get that, Lieutenant? All right, set up roadblocks. Let's go. should have met us. How far away from Tucson? Three, four miles. But they'll have a blocked in all directions. What are we going to do now, Schooner? Well, there's a ranch a half a mile back. I'll head for it and see if I can get a ride into town. Wait a minute. What about me? You keep going. Ditch the car. I'll meet you at North's office. I took to deliver these. There you are. 
beautiful. Now, you can spend the rest of your life admiring them. Just pay me off. The city's alive with cops. How are you going to get away? Well, you're the brains. You tell me. I don't know. Well, start thinking while you get my money. Now, open that safe. Come on. you're not going to be able to use those airline reservations to Mexico City. It'll be easy with a respectable man like yourself along. I'm not going. Oh, yes, you are. Once we're in the clear, you can get yourself another boy. I'm through taking chances. You think I want to end up like Muller? Cress. And? I figure we could get Cress to cooperate with us. 
Mr. North just might get the sudden urge to go back into business as usual. Well, to tell the truth, Marshal, I didn't even intend to call on Newton North this trip. But I'll be willing to help if you think it'll do any good. Well, we appreciate that, Mr. Chris. Maybe you could show him something special. Yeah, I've uh, got a new shipment here from Amsterdam. A quarter of a million of the finest blue whites west of the Mississippi. Well, if that doesn't work, nothing will. Yeah, it'd be funny if you decided to buy the whole lot. Not if we can get them for nothing. Oh, by the way, I'll have to show them to him this afternoon. I'm leaving for Los Angeles this evening. Oh, yes, this card you gave me. Now, can I reach you at this Los Angeles address? All next week. Good luck, Mr. Chris. <laughs> You're the one that's going to need it. Thank you. I'll get in touch with you soon. I know that Tailing North has led us into a blind alley up till now, Lieutenant. If I were in his shoes, I wouldn't make a move even if I had a pass to the Kimberly Diamond Mines. Five will get you ten after seeing Cress's collection. North will figure that's exactly what he does have. I hope you're right. Will do, Frank. Right. I want that tale on Newton North continued until further notice. Well, Tony, have you thought it over? Yep. The answer's no. Oh, well, it's not like you to change your mind after coming here all the way from Los Angeles. I think your luck ran out with that Vegas job. Oh, so that's what's worrying you, huh? Well, you can forget about it. <laughs> the way you're forgetting Schooner and Mud. Oh, Tony, you and Vic Muto are in a different league. That's right. And we'll do all right without you. Ah, but you'll do much better with me. Out of level with you, Tony. This next one's my last job. There's enough in it for us all to retire. No dice. Well, you and Vic can cut up a hundred G's. If you're conning me, North, there's a salesman by the name of Jerry Cress with a quarter of a million dollars worth of diamonds waiting for you in Los Angeles. How do you know? He showed them to me day before yesterday. Magnificent stones. All right, North, we'll go along. But you try double-crossing me the way you did Schooner. And this is going to be your last job for sure. Shall we get some lunch? Jim on one. Oh. Lieutenant Bailey. 
Tony Davis just made reservations on the train for Los Angeles. Well, now we know where he's going. You want him to? No. I started this thing. I'd like to handle it. Forget it, Joe. Frank will handle it. Yes, Mark. Yes, give me a reservation on the first plane into Los Angeles. And put a call through to Lieutenant Robert Story, Homicide Division, Los Angeles Police Headquarters. Yes, sir. What can I do, Frank? Here. Get a hold of Jerry Crest for me in Los Angeles and tell him I'm coming out there. Yes? Oh, uh, hello, Bob. It's Frank Morgan in Tucson. Say, I'm going to need your cooperation on a diamond robbery. Yeah, I'll clear it through the U.S. Marshal's office in Los Angeles. Well, the robbery hasn't happened yet, but it's going to. Yeah? Well, you could start off by running a make on a Tony Davis. Yeah. Maybe if you fill me with all the details, I can be a little more help, huh? Did you run a make on this Tony Davis? Yeah, our record showed he works with a partner. So Vic Muto. Lives here in Los Angeles. Vic Muto? It's a new one on me. Got a light on him? Well, our boys are working on it. I got a couple of men are waiting to tail Davis as soon as he gets off the train at Union Depot. Suppose he gets off in Alhambra. No strain. I got a couple of boys working there. That's where we do things in the big city. What worries me is how are you going to nab him? Did you ever set a bear trap, Lieutenant? Bear trap? That's the way we do things in the country. Been following Jerry Crest like a hound dog ever since you called me from Tucson. Has he uh, shown the diamonds to any customers yet? Has his first appointment tomorrow, in there. Who is? A jeweler named Phil Meltzer. You, uh, in case the setup? Mm. Meltzer's office is on the second floor. I have a diagram right here. Yeah, that's good. Checking a building at 205 and a half North Rodeo Drive. Did they say what kind of building? Owned by Phil Meltzer, wholesale jewelers. Probably one of Chris's customers. Think it's about time he starts setting that bear trap? Yeah. You say you haven't shown your collection of diamonds to any of your customers yet? As a matter of fact, I have an appointment to show them tomorrow. Where? Beverly Hills. Phil Meltzer, 205 and a half North Rodeo Drive? Oh, yes, but how did. Never mind, I won't ask. Do you think it may be tomorrow? I'll answer your question this way, Mr. Chris. Do you carry a gun? As a rule. We'll try not using it. 
We'd like to take these men alive if possible. Well, my wife feels the same way about me. Oh, speaking of your wife, you'd better call her and tell her you'll be late tonight. Got a lot of details to work out. Bob, get out that map of Beverly Hills. Let's take a look at it. Tail ever since he took the diamonds out of the bank vault this morning. 104 to story. 104 to story. Story 104, come in. Muto and Davis stopped tailing Cress and parked their car in the Wilshire garage. Still with them? No, we lost them. There are six entrances to the street. Well, keep looking and call back. Maybe they changed their mind. They'll be here. Part of the building covered? Yeah, plus extra squad cars on Rodeo Drive. I better follow Cress inside. Good, I'll double check up in front.
Welcome back. A really solid episode. No big name guest stars, but a really solid crime story. If I had any concern while watching this, it's that, to me, it felt too short. This episode illustrates why crime TV dramas tended to move to one hour lengths. A story like this could easily work and with more twists and turns and with more time to work with in a series like Hawaii Five O. But still, this was enjoyable and we got to see a Frank Morgan fistfight. And watching Frank Morgan really does make me hope that all nominees for U.S. Marshal are asked about their proficiency with fisticuffs at their Senate confirmation hearings. Next month, we'll have only one video theater, but it will be a movie that I think you're going to enjoy. Uh, But that will do it for today. Join us back here next time for another episode of Public Domain Video Theater. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. And if you like these videos, you can become one of our patrons at patreon.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.